0: thank you for having me Joe hi welcome to the podcast I am Joe Poznanski and with me is Michael Shore Michael welcome thank you for having me Joe you are so welcome so welcome um what are we gonna talk about today what do you think what are you feeling all right here's 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 what's going on here
1: I I recently spoke to a friend of mine who has uh, a podcast of her own who is very, that's a
0: lot better who, than this one i assume
1: yeah way better <laughs> she shall remain nameless and uh she's been doing it for a while and it's a very successful podcast in a different a different sector it's not our okay. competition it's, it's not a uh, sector of the podcasting world you
0: know we don't have competition we're the number one no. sports podcast in america that's right.
1: we've we've blown away all the competition <laughs> in, the, in the sports podcast in the sports game. podcast game exactly yes so i said hey uh my friend and i do this uh podcast about Uh, baseball and nonsense and it's been going on for uh, 28 years and sure we're we're not very good at it and we just learned very recently (laughs) that you can like have guests and stuff
0: oh i like this from a from a true podcast professional
1: from like a very powerful important podcaster yeah yes and uh and she said you know what i i really think helps because you know podcasts are based on downloads and minutes listened and how many people you know actually get all the way through completion is like a thing people care about which i didn't know but (laughs) now we know about that uh, and so she said, "I like to give a little tease at the beginning oh. of every of something that's coming up at the end, and that is a little bit of incentive for folks to stick around uh, and and listen all the way to the end." Oh, I like and, well, this. Gosh, gosh, that makes a lot of sense. Gosh,
0: it does. And,
1: <laughs> and it also it also probably is something you and I could have figured out if we had put two seconds of thought into this. But anyway, the point is, I have a tease I'm going to give to kick this off, and then. After I give the tease, I have an idea for a new segment. Oh,
0: this is so exciting! You, I've gotten a lot of listen. You've, you, you talked to a real today. you, you talk to a real <laughs> podcast professional, and you decided we're making this podcast. That is professional. gosh darn right. So here's
1: <laughs> here's my tease. Here's the tease first. My yes. tease is the at at the end of every podcast. Uh, podcast, We do a segment. Uh, called uh, One Last Meaningless Thing to End This Meaningless Thing. That's right. Uh, for those of you who don't know, it be, that's a thing that actually came out of Joe's mouth verbatim <laughs> at the end of one of our podcasts. He said, here's one, one last meaningless thing to end this meaningless thing. Yes. And we declared at that moment that that should be the way we end all of the podcasts. <laughs> and then there was right? a song okay. made,
0: a beautiful song made. There was, a, a,
1: we have a song. <laughs> it's, a whole, it's a whole thing. It's a whole to-do. And so uh, I have today what I think might be the greatest one last meaningless Whoa. thing I've ever had in Whoa. all of the years we've been doing this. Yeah. This yeah.
0: is so exciting. I'm going to wait to the end of this. I'm going to make it to the end of this thing <laughs> based on this tease. That's
1: called a tease.
0: See, aren't you excited now? Can't <laughs> no, you
1: am. not wait for the three and a half hours to go by before we get to the end of this podcast so you can hear what I'm talking about?
0: Here's my question. What happens if the tease overshoots the reality like what if you what if the reality doesn't live up to the team
1: well the segment is literally called one last (laughs) meaningless thing to end this meaningless thing so i'm obviously not talking about anything actually important no it's not important no it's it's it just fits the thing that i have to talk about fits that subject heading that That like uh, segment heading perfectly, I think, and in in a fun, exciting way that will be rewarding for long time listeners, and I would say new time listeners. Yes, yes.
0: Stick around to the end. What a tease! What a tease!
1: Stick around. All right. Yeah. We all right. So now that we have that out of the way, yes. I have an idea for a new segment. Okay, let's let's you go. You want to your say what well, we're we're gonna do something that we talked about last week. You we explain what we're gonna it. do that we talked we about We
0: teased week. it last week where we did. Mike <laughs> and I, we did. Mike and I talked about how we you, now for for longtime listeners will remember, we used to do drafts every week uh, that we did this podcast. And we stopped doing those. For no reason that I recall, was there a reason that we stopped doing them other than we just kept forgetting? I think we to do forgot
1: that they existed. And then <laughs> uh, when we remembered, we just lost interest.
0: <laughs> I think that's right. That sounds right. So we're not going to do a draft this week. Draft might come back, but, but what we are going to do is Mike has put together a team of uh, baseball players named Mike or Michael. Uh, or Miguel he's got he he has several options there I have put together a team of Joes or Joseph's or Joey's or Jose's and uh, we are going to uh, I wouldn't say draft but we are going to put one against the other and determine who has the better team based on uh, a position by position rundown of our two teams so we teased that last week maybe that's why you're here That maybe that's why they're listening. Is because of that tease last week, so we should have seen this tease idea coming. Is what yeah, I'm saying. We really should have, <laughs> since we
1: did it. Um, so we're gonna do the Mike versus Joe yes. team announcements. That's a big deal. But I, but now, but now I have a. Before we do that, I have an idea for a new yes, segment. I'm very excited, very excited yes, about it. Yes. Uh, it, it, here's what it's called. It's called. This stinks, but this is cool, <laughs> and the way it works is. We start with this stinks, and we name one thing that stinks. Yeah, in baseball, and I have a nominee. Does it have to be baseball? And this then be we anything say
0: anything in sports or anything. Or?
1: Has to be baseball. Uh, this is a, this is a baseball okay. related. We can apply it to other sports, but today it's going to be okay. baseball. I think we should pick a sport for it gotcha. every week. Okay, so this stinks, and then we talk about some of these stinks. And then, but this is cool, and we end the segment by talking about something that's really cool. So you you end on an upswing. In other words, and
0: they don't have to be, and probably are not related. In they're any not. Way. They're I just, I have. They're,
1: they're Yeah. So because I'm uh, introducing the segment, I have official uh, nominees for each of the two categories today.
0: Oh, okay. So
1: then, and then, that, and after I'm done, then you could do it if you wanted to. If you have other things to talk about, that that one thing that stinks and one thing that's cool. Yeah, I mean, I think to. I should okay. I should
0: bring a this stinks this this is cool also. All right, so All right. what? So
1: what? <laughs> here we go. I don't know if we'll have music for this, but when it airs, maybe uh next time we do it, we'll have music. But this stinks. Uh, okay. This week's this stinks. Yep. Is Jacob Degrom is having Tommy yeah. John surgery?
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that's going to probably win the this stinks. I'll bring an I'll bring a this stinks to the table. I'll think of one. Okay, but I don't know how anything could stink more than what's happening with Jacob Degrom.
1: Here's here's the deal. So it's June. This is a t- typically a minimum 10-month, usually more like 18-month kind of a deal, right?
0: Oh, yeah. He's, he's He's gone all of this year and most of next year. So
1: in all likelihood, we're talking about now April 2025 is when we see Jacob Grand pitch again. If there's any – there's there's two silver linings, I think. Silver lining number one, the team has been great without
0: him. Right, and, right. And right. it's
1: not like this is one of those deals where it's ruining – his team's chances of competing. So that that's a little bit of a silver lining. The other silver lining is this poor schlub, Jacob deGrom, this poor homunculus of a guy right. who has nothing but extreme wealth and otherworldly talent to keep him happy at night, uh, has had so many injuries, and specifically so many neck, arm problems. Shoulder, He's had other yep. problems, yep. too. He's had everything. He's had He's back had problems. He's had, I don't know, stiff neck He's had sore lumbar, this, that, whatever. But maybe, maybe, and we've seen this with guys like his teammate Nate Evaldi, uh, and and plenty of other folks who have had TJ surgery, maybe this is what he needs to just start the second phase of his career, finally, with a clean bill of health. It's possible. Right. I'm not saying it's likely because, again, he is a very finely-tuned uh, Ferrari race car of a man, of an athlete, because he was constantly having these little tricky problems, but with all sorts of different parts of his, uh, of his machine there. But it is at least I thought theoretically possible. Okay, fine. Shut him down for a full year where with no throwing at all, fix his elbow once and for all, fix his UCL. Maybe then on the other side of this, he'll still be a, he'll be in the middle of, he's be 30, Three or 32, whatever he'll be.
0: No, no, that's the problem. Oh, the he's problem older is, than we,
1: he's always older than he's we think. Older, he's going to be right? what, thir- What he comes 37, out of this? 37. No, is it 37? that
0: old? Yeah, he's 35 right now. Oh, he's 35 brother. years old right now. Well, oh, he's going to be turned 35 years I old. I thought he was
1: 33, th- turning June 19th He'll
0: turn 35 on June 19th. Oh, 19.
1: brother. All right, well, still, look, hey, look, Verlander, Scherzer, there are guys who can pitch very well in their late 30s and even early 40s. So it's possible right. that the rest of his career, how much of however much of it there is, it's possible that the rest of his career will actually go a lot smoother than the last 5 years has gone if he can really get this fixed.
0: Well, I would love to see that. I I mean, there's a possibility he'll never pitch again too. I mean, like this yeah. is a very it's hard to put a good spin on this. Here's here's the thing that amazes me about Jacob deGrom. So he started super duper late. He came up, he was twenty-six when he came up. Right. And he was very, very he won the rookie of the year, you know, in his first year when he was twenty-six. And then he was very, very good. And then he was basically uh you know, he like he he was on the mountaintop. He basically figured out the game. Like he he became like a like a baseball, you know, Zen master or something. Uh and then, you know, in 2018 when he won the Cy Young. Incredible. 2019 when he won the Cy Young, incredible. 2020, you know, incredible. And and then 2021, he was getting off. He looked like he was going to be Bob Gibson in 68, right? Like it looked like he was just, nobody could score anything off him. Yeah. But here was the crazy part for him was that he, the older he got, the harder he threw. And, and you know, this was a guy who was throwing – mid to upper nineties and suddenly it was like 101 and then it was 102 and then it was 103. And it was, and I mean, I just don't know if the arm can stand that. I mean, it was incredible to watch, but it's, he, the same thing happened with, uh, with, with, uh, Syndergaard, with Noah Syndergaard, where it's like those guys just, they'd come out in the first day of spring training they would throw 100 you know 2 miles an hour and it was
1: well you you pointed this out in DeGrom's first start this year in spring training in the his first, first inning it was like DeGrom hit 102 or whatever and you were like what is he doing <laughs> this is insane yeah
0: yeah it doesn't make any sense so i'm really bothered you know by that look i no, we need Jacob deGrom in baseball yeah. as fans. He's like, he's, there's nobody like him. I mean, nobody like him. This guy in, you know, in the last three years, he's averaging like 12 to one strikeout to walk. I mean, he's like, a, he's, it's like every year of Pedro, right? Yeah. I mean, it's incredible. And even this year he was flat out fantastic. in the, you know, the few games he started and, I don't know what what is his arm going to be like. How hard is he going to be throwing when he comes back? I mean, will he rush back? Will he will he push himself? I mean, it's it's a bummer, man. It is it is definitely this week's. This stinks. We've been doing this this stinks thing for how long now? For years,
1: right? A, this, a long time, this. nineteen years. Yeah, <laughs> this is number one. Let me ask you this: if right now, guess without looking, guess how many career wins Jacob Degrom has?
0: Fewer than a hundred, I would bet. 92
1: maybe something like that 84 wins 84 wins wins. I mean you think of him as like a no doubt first ballot Hall of Fame pitcher he's got 84 wins he's like a long reliever
0: of course remember remember when like he like literally could not win a game for the Mets like we we I mean he won the Cy Young with 10 wins one year yeah. right I mean it was like every yeah, single time out <laughs> he would he'd he'd go 8 innings and give up one run and lose one nothing like time after time it felt like so Oh, bummer, in, his, in his
1: career, 1,652 strikeouts, 307 walks. He's a five-and-a-half-to-one strikeout-to-walk Yeah, it's the best ratio. ever. It's Right yeah. now,
0: it's the best ever, the best strikeout-to-walk ratio ever. And a and,
1: career yeah. whip that looks like Mariano Rivera's, as except he's a starter <laughs> and has thrown, <laughs> you know. Well, he's only thrown 1,356 innings. This is the real it stinks part of this. 2021, 92 innings. 2022, 64 innings. 2023, yep. 30 innings. I mean, we're... He he's on track next year to throw three innings. If he doesn't get hurt and wipe out it's, the whole year. He,
0: here's the thing. Here's, here's something to think about. Um, he has a nine, nine, three career whip. Like you were saying, It's it's, it's sub one. It's sub Mariano career, mm-hmm. uh, whip his last three years in limited, very limited innings, a 0.554 whip, a 0.746 whip and a 0.758 whip. I mean, that's, that's never happened before. That's like, it's it's a it's a whole different, it, this guy's a whole different animal he when he pitches. He
1: on, only played in 15 games in 2021, but it's also one of the greatest pitching years of all time. <laughs> he, exactly he, right. he, he started 15 games. His ERA was 1.08, which is basically exactly what Bob Gibson's was. Right? It's actually slightly lower than Bob Gibson's in 1968, right? And granted, again, 92 innings. We're not saying it's a full year, but in 92 innings, he gave up 40 hits. He gave up 11 earned (laughs) runs. He struck out 146 guys in 92 innings and walked 11 guys. He had 15 starts and 11 walks.
0: That's right. His, his,
1: his FIP was (laughs) 1.24. His whip was 0.554, which doesn't look, I don't, the baseball reference computer must have broken when it spit out that number. (laughs) Like, 3.9 Three point nine hits. Three point nine, 9 hits. I mean,
0: three point nine hits for nine. Innings.
1: More than fourteen strikeouts per nine. More than thirteen strikeouts per walk. I mean, it it's crazy. He oh, he threw ninety two innings, and it, yet somehow, as a starting pitcher, it's one of the greatest years that anyone's ever yeah, had. He,
0: he threw ninety two innings and finished ninth in the Cy Young. You know, I mean, <laughs> as just, a it's, starter, it's, not it's, as, as a reliever. As, as, not as a reliever. As a reliever, that would be a lot of innings. Yeah, as a starter. Just incredible. Who knows? He might come back as a reliever too. That's another Yeah, one like I've I him, have yeah.
1: always thought that they might try that. That they might be a John Small situation where they're like, look, just you you throw one inning every two days, you're gonna la- you're gonna last the whole year, right? Like, yeah. instead of yeah. trying to throw seven or eight or nine it's a, every
0: what four a days. Bummer. What a bummer.
1: I told just... you, man. That's that's why it stinks, right? It the, stinks. Now you now you see the value of now the Now I see the, the, the value of it yeah. stinks. Yes. Yes. All right. But Oh, here But we go. this is cool. Okay. Ellie de la Cruz premieres tonight in Cincinnati.
0: Yes. Yes. Okay. So a couple of things I want to say about Ellie de la Cruz. It is so awesome that the Reds finally called him up. The guy is a highlight machine. Should have happened every, like
1: should have happened eight weeks ago. But eight whatever. weeks
0: ago, at least the the Reds they should have brought him home with them when they went. You know, after spring training. Yeah, he's 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 probably there's some argument, but he's probably the best uh, prospect in baseball. He's certainly the most exciting prospect in baseball. Mm-hmm. He does something goofy. Did you see the other night? when he went first to third on a line drive up the middle, and he literally outran the baseball to third base.
1: He hit second base about... I don't know half a second or maybe two thirds of a second before the center fielder picks up the ball. In right. fairly shallow, it's a shallow <laughs> line drive. Yes, and he runs through the frame. the, the camera angle is from behind the center fielder. Yep. So you see and the he, ball. You see the ball, and you see <laughs> him run through the frame, and you think, "Oh, he's what's he doing? He's going to so get thrown up out. by yeah. twenty-five feet, right?" And so he he slides into third. The throw comes in late. Then the the, the hitter on the throw is taking second. So the third baseman whips the ball to second, not yep. in time. The second baseman looks down at his glove and turns his back to Ellie La Cruz for, for a half a second. Half for, second. For half a half second. second in disgust about the fact that they let the guy get to second. And in that half second, Ellie La Cruz <laughs> takes off for home. The shortstop or second baseman, whichever it was, turns around, sees that happening, whips the ball to home. He slides in a full second before the ball. Oh yeah. Not even,
0: close. <laughs> not even close. <laughs> the one, the thing, everything about that play is amazing. And he does that. Like I say, every night he does some crazy thing like that. But the thing about that was what that baseball, when he was rounding second and then the throw was, was made. Cause it wasn't like it was a bad throw. It was right online. And when the throw came like about halfway to third, it looked like the ball was going to pass him. Yeah. And it was like a like a roadrunner thing where like he just went meep, meep and just took off yeah. and left the ball behind him. He outran the baseball. You're that is not humanly possible. You're not to supposed to be able to do that. Yeah. No. Yeah.
1: No, that doesn't seem right. Here are some other things about Ellie Della Cruz, by the way. Uh, he's six. He's six, five. And that's he right. plays he plays shortstop, which yes. is a which go back in time to go go tell Honus Wagner use a time machine and go tell Honus <laughs> Wagner that it's 6'5", six five two hundred and ten pound guy is playing shortstop. Yep. Yep. Uh, he was born uh, in the year two thousand two.
0: <laughs> that's right.
1: Which is so awful for you and me. That's just so that's rude of him. Well,
0: it's rude for him to be born after my daughter. That's very yep. rude for him. Extremely
1: to be born. rude. Very very rude. Uh, he. Has torn up absolutely torn up every level of the minors that he's gone to, including this year in 38 games at AAA. A. He has a thousand OPS. Like he was promoted from Double A AA to Triple A at the beginning of the year. Actually, he, he did he go straight from rookie belt? No, he went from he was in Chattanooga. So he so he goes from Double A AA to Triple A, a very very difficult thing to do, uh, and uh, just absolutely tears the cover off the ball. He's a 633 selected percentage while yeah, and, uh, playing shortstop. And he's
0: hitting, and he's hitting. You know. Five hundred foot bombs like right. nightly.
1: So here's here's the best thing about him, and this is why this is exciting at a level that I maybe we haven't seen since I don't know since Julio probably, but before that like Bryce Harper. There's like Bryce Harper level hype about this yeah. guy. Oh yeah, he. So if you take all of the players in the minor leagues and all of the players in the major leagues, uh, or at least AAA, I think it's the entire minors, but at least AAA. And you rank them in the following categories, uh, which is sp- uh, highest speed off the bat for any home run. Right. Uh, f- I think farthest hit home run. Yeah. Uh, fastest throw from an infielder. Yeah. Fastest run time from home to first and fastest run time, I think, from first to third. He is number one in all of those categories <laughs> except the last and where he's like number eight. We're talking about he's outplaying. He's hitting balls harder than any major leaguer. He is throwing the ball faster from the infield than any major leaguer. He's getting to first in the, I think, top five or something. And he's getting from first to third, also like top five. Like there's no skill that you can measure where he isn't not only the best minor leaguer, but also currently the best major leaguer it's, through the first forty games of the season. It's
0: it's stunning. It's stunning. The only bummer for me, and and you know, look, you you brought. We tried hard to spin the that the it stinks, uh, so that we could get a little silver cloud. The only bummer for me is, uh, Louisville is coming to Charlotte in like two weeks. Yeah, and I was very excited about the opportunity of seeing Ellie De La Cruz before he got to the big leagues but i am i am comforted by the notion that this should have happened so long ago yeah. like reds Cincinnati reds dudes your your division stinks all right yeah. your division is horrendous you're playing better than people thought you were going to play. Mm-hmm. You can win this division. What are you doing? What are you waiting for on Ellie de la Cruz? It makes no sense.
1: Makes no sense. Uh, I mean, they do have a weird log jam in that infield because Jonathan India yeah. uh, now will have to play third, I think, is the way they're going to do it. He's apparently been taking grounders a third, so he'll move over there. Like, there was a little bit of that stuff. But, like, for a guy like this, you just you move everybody else. Who cares? Right. Like. Jonathan right. Indy is a young guy. He can figure out third base, like move him to third. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I also want to say, as a s- tiny side note to this, is there anything better as a general category in baseball than minor league team names? I don't think oh, there is. Here I are the teams he's played teams. for. He's played for the Daytona Tortugas. Fantastic. Yes. He's played, that's the low A team in the Southeast Division. He played for the Dayton Drag- uh, Dragons. Which should be dragoons, but well, dragons is fine. He played okay. for the Chattanooga. Dragoons would, be Ch- dragoons would be better. He played for the Chattanooga Lookouts, which is just just well, it's, chef's kiss. It, perfect. It's wonderful
0: and 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 classic. Classic. They, they've been the Lookouts forever. Yeah.
1: And the probably uh, best named team and all of the miners, the Louisville Bats.
0: Oh, it's so good. It's I mean, so good.
1: Beat that. Beat that anyone I dare you. The Louisville Bats. Be-
0: is that better than the Rocket City Trash Pandas?
1: Well, the, there's also that other category of names, Right, the, the You like the, the goofy, goofy ones. The 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 uh Yard Goats are the team in Hartford right, right now. I think the uh Hartford Yard Goats and that like there's there's that version which is those are also fun. I love those. The Yes. The Trash Pandas, whatever. But That's then space there's the Cowboys. Yeah. Yeah. Then there's the, the but the Chattanooga lookouts and the Louisville Lookout bats and Louisville oh. bats is so good. Oh, so, so good. So yeah, I, am, I, I, am I told so you this, excited. they're playing the Dodgers. I saw that they were calling them up and I saw that they're playing the Dodgers. And I excitedly, I was like, I'm taking my son to this. We're going to be at his debut game. And yeah. I went to get tickets and then uh, saw that they're playing
0: <laughs> in Cincinnati. <laughs> so. I, I, here's, here's what I would say. Here's what I would say. Oh, well, there's two things I'd say. One is, I offered to meet you in Cincinnati. I told you, you we could go. You we could meet you in Cincinnati. Yeah. Here's what I would say: if the Reds, after undoubtedly looking to save money and 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 delay his free agency and everything else, are going to wait to call him up, and they called him up and he started on the road, that would really be bad baseball. Malfeasance, right Malpractice mal- and right. malfeasance. Yes, right. That that would not happen. So I don't. Good, good I don't point. believe that. But I'm telling you, that Reds team, look, you've been a little bit excited about that Reds team for a while, anticipating this Ellie Cruz Mm call-up. And they've got a couple of other young guys. I think at some point, is going to come back. They're going to kind of be a fun team. And I'm telling you, one thing I've become more and more convinced by, nobody in that division is any good. Nobody in that division is going to run away with that division, No, I don't think. I thought the Brewers might, but
1: also. not
0: coming together for that brewers team that pirates team is kind of fun
1: if you're um if you're wondering as you might be whether i have purchased several ellie de la cruz rookie baseball cards <laughs> uh let me put your wait a minute i haven't done let, that let, let me
0: let me do the, let me do this let me do this right let me do this right hey mike with with ellie de la cruz yeah, getting called up i'm just curious have you purchased any ellie de la cruz baseball cards
1: I'm glad you asked. Yes, I have. I've purchased several of them, uh, including one autographed one, which is very nice. Uh, I have. I haven't really. There's nothing better in sports than when your team has one of these guys. Like the Red Sox yes. currently have Marcelo Mayer, who they just promoted, and who is started to hit, and uh, he's only 19, I think. Uh, and so, like, he's a guy that like I'm. I'm. You know, he's like a top 10 prospect in baseball kind of guy the next best thing is when there's just one of these guys on a team you don't care about and you get to like (laughs) get psyched about him and like follow him. And then like, then he shows up and you're like, this is it. He's here. Wander Franca was that for a couple years ago. And, uh, the end, by the way, Vidal Brujan, I'm sad about, here's another, this stinks. Yeah. Vidal Brujan of the Tampa Bay Rays was supposed to be, he was like 19 or 20 when he showed up and he was supposed to be, like this, not not literally, uh, not close to the level of Wander Franco or or some of those guys. But like, he was like the fastest base runner in the minors, and he was like stolen like a hundred million bases. Right, he that guy's like barely hanging on, man. Like, yeah. what what happened like, there? What went wrong? Is he just hit. too young? Well, Did was, they promote him before he was ready?
0: Maybe, but I mean, I think the hitting thing was always a question with him a little bit, and and so it feels like this. By the way, it, since you brought up your baseball cards thing, I think you know this. This year, for the very first time in in twenty-five years, probably at least, uh, I'm in a fantasy baseball league because I got dragged in by a friend of mine. Yeah. And I've my team stinks, as it should. And I I don't I don't really pay that close of attention to it, but I figure if I'm gonna have a team like this, I'm just gonna have players that I like and, and enjoy it. So I've been carrying Ellie de la Cruz all year. Yeah, Ooh. just carrying him. Nice. Totally giving up a roster spot. I don't even care. So here's my moment. My moment, I get to put Ellie De La Cruz in the lineup. It's great. Here's here's a question I have for you, because again, I don't want to talk about uh, fantasy baseball because nobody cares about my team, nor should they. However, here's something that 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 troubles me, okay? Mm. I drafted Corbin Carroll uh, as as a person should because he's a delightful okay. young player and and very exciting. And my team stinks and I don't care about it, but I literally almost daily get people trying to trade for Corbin Carroll. So I'll wake up to like emails from people saying, "Hey, I'll trade you, you know, and it's usually terrible. Like they're not fair trades." But I I keep sending them like, "No, I'm not trading Corbin Carroll. He's like the only thing I care about on this team. So I'm not trading the guy that I find interesting. But people keep sending me those trade requests because obviously they're trying to win this league and and getting Corbin Carroll and all those stolen bases and all that. So here's my question for you. Fantasy baseball should it even exist is basically my question for you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's not really a question. But I certainly would agree that the only reason to play fantasy baseball is to like pick these guys yeah. that you're excited about, have them show up on your team, and then watch them like live or die. But like they're like try I think the thing that shouldn't exist is trying to win <laughs> right. fantasy baseball because right. who cares? The fun part of it is like you see these guys coming. You see Corbin Carroll. The Diamondbacks yeah. are suddenly good, and you're like, here we go. Let's uh, let's get Corbin Carroll into the lineup. And then he like starts performing and he does a bunch of cool stuff. And he's, he's like on the MLB (laughs) Twitter feed all the time for making crazy catches and doing cool stuff. And you get to feel a little bit of fake pride for having put him on your fantasy team. That's the only thing it's good for. But
0: that is a good feeling. That is a good thing. Like, I mean, it's it's, it is not unlike the reason that we collect baseball cards. It's not unlike that. It's like just having a little connection to these people. All right. One other baseball card question for you. Uh, since since I use this today. Hmm. So if you go to joe blogs, uh, .com, uh it's actually uh.substack.com I guess, or joepoznansky.substack.com I don't even know the address but you can find it at my substack. Uh, I put together my fifth class of the Joe Blogs Hall of Fame and what I do with the, with the Hall of Famers is I pick a baseball card to represent them in some way, shape or form that I just put okay. a picture of and Yaz was a part of the fifth class and the Yaz Mm -hmm. 1966 tops card, which has pink lettering and it's Yaz smiling big, like with his big, huge smile. I'm going to nominate that as one of the best cards ever made.
1: Secretly. Yaz has a bunch of really good cards. Okay. Um, He happened to, he, he, so his rookie year is 60 and the 60 set is great. It's a great set. But that, but that that stretch from in the '60s and on through, I would say '75, are is probably the best stretch of. There's there's a couple kind of duds in there in terms of layout, but '72 is amazing. '68 is pretty good. What do you think of '71? What do you good? think of
0: the black the black border '71s? I, not a.
1: That's one of the ones
0: I don't yeah, like I'm not that in much. Love with it. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not it. Super and I'm not in love with '70 either, right? '70 is the is the sort of grayish one. The gray. Right, one. Yes. yeah. It's sort of similar yeah. thing.
1: No, they were the six the sixties had a sort of men like minimalist design right. that was cool. And then it got into this weird kind of ugly zone. And then in the it 70s, they got like psychedelic awesome. and groovy. <laughs> and the the late, the very late 60s, early 70s is kind of trapped in that. No yeah, I agree. But the 65, 66. Uh, those are great sets. So Yaz has a bunch of cool cards. There's one that there's his 63 card is yes. really cool too. Um, and just to put your mind at ease, I'll bet you're wondering, have I purchased hey, any Have you purchased any yes.
0: Yaz cards? I okay, have. Yes. Okay. Thank you for
1: asking. <laughs> um, so he actually has a bunch of, I think really kind of neat classic designs. And when he's in his, Youth back in the early 60s that 65 card is counting this he just looks like so young and fit yes. and healthy and like full of vim and vigor uh so yeah that's a that's a really good one i think the 63 one is my favorite um, but the 65 is pretty
0: 66, I just love the smile. Yeah. I mean, we you just yeah. don't see Yaz smile, especially old grumpy Yaz, who I love also. <laughs> I love like the 79, 78 Yaz, like where he kind of looks like, get away from me. Like he just looks so angry yeah. and
1: he's like slightly drunk and <laughs> wants to be on a boat fishing somewhere. Like he doesn't even want to be playing baseball anymore. <laughs>
0: so so uh, but I love I love that 66. All right. We are going to do the the Joe and Mike baseball teams, but before we do that, um, I think we're far enough into this podcast that we can hit the emergency uh, that is this week. Mm. Uh, I didn't even mention to you, but I think you know that we are in an emergency. We are recording this on Tuesday, uh, June 6th, so we do not know yet what is going to happen in Game 3 of the NBA Final. However... Yeah. After a game one that made it look like, hey, maybe Denver will just win this thing without any drama, and 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 knock the we can just relax. Knock the horrendous dementor Miami Heat out of this thing. The Heat just beat them up in game two especially in the fourth they quarter did oh, they, they did what they
1: always do they did what they always do they sucked the they joy sucked and the, the life joy. and the happiness out of the out of a fourth fan base in the in the postseason it's just what they it's just what they do i here let me say something about these miami heat who i have spent so much more time <laughs> thinking about than i ever wanted to or care to everyone talks about the seven undrafted right. players, right? That's that's the that's the the narrative of this team is seven undrafted guys. How do they do it? I'll tell you how they do it. That is a feature, not a bug. That is by design. Yeah. The Miami Heat are a bunch of psychopath <laughs> lunatic like nonsense people. <laughs> Who thrive in this culture where on the first day of summer training camp in like late June or whatever, early July, they make everybody run until they puke and then (laughs) they make them run more. And then they show them tape of them running and puking and they say, you're weak for puking. Get out there and run more. And then they puke again. And the whole point of this, the whole point of the team, of that heat culture thing you hear about all the time, is we are tougher than you or harder than you or will work harder than you We will study harder than you. It's very new England patrioty in the way that they kind of go about their prep. And so the reality of the situation here is if you're a seven year veteran of the NBA, you don't want to play for them. That's right. You don't, no, want, to, of course you don't not. want to live that way. Not. It makes you miserable. So the, the way that they make it work is that it's very, it's kind of money ish. It's basically, it's a version of, of the old money ball, which is to say, they find guys who are like, "I will do anything. I'll run through a brick wall. I don't care. Like I'll just get me in the league, and I will do. I will be. Uh, I will drink your Kool-Aid, <laughs> and I will worship at the altar of Pat Riley that you have at the front of our practice center. That's right. And I will devote my life to making uh, sure that I puke. That I run so hard that I puke every single day." And so, like that when they when they, when people talk about it as if it's amazing and crazy and wild that they have all these undrafted players, that's what they want. They want to find these guys who they who have raw skills, but are not going to make it in the league unless they're given a chance by a team that will that will like the way that like soldiers were trained in ancient Sparta in ancient Sparta. That's <laughs> yeah. how they train their their basketball players. And so they have right. these guys like Caleb Martin and Gabe Vincent. And, you know, whoever who and, you know, Omar Yurtsevin, who who were like, they just run through the ringer and like, and indoctrinate them into their cult of insane psychopath work. And then they put like Jimmy Butler in there and they put, you know, they get Max Drews, who's been cut by the Celtics and can't catch on anywhere else. And they just say, hey, Max Drews, the way you make the team is you run in circles like Rip Hamilton used to. (laughs) You run from the corner to the corner and then around the perimeter and then back again and back again. And you do that six times in 24 seconds and one out of every seven possessions will get you the ball and you'll have a third of a second to get off a three. If you hit 40% of them, you make the team. And if you hit 35% of them, you're cut. (laughs) So you better do that every day for the rest of your life if you want to stay on the team. And he's like, you got it, coach. And so... Like that, when you have... I, I sa- I've said this a number of times, and I'll say it again. That is exactly why they were such a bad matchup for the Celtics, because the Celtics are a team that has far more talent, far more skill, and are far deeper as a roster. But they have a fatal flaw, which is they lose focus for between seven and nine minutes in yep. every single game they play. And in those seven to nine minutes, Eric Spolstra temples his fingers like an evil <laughs> supervillain, and he sends... Max Struess and, and Gabe Vincent and Duncan, and Duncan Robinson, Robinson and, and, yeah, and yeah. whoever, Udonis Haslam out there for those nine <laughs> minutes, and suddenly you blink and it's a 16-2 run and you've lost the game. And they that's not what happened to Denver in Game 2. But what did happen to Denver in Game 2 is the other thing they do, which is you got to give it up. They watch the game film like lunatics and psychopaths, and they look at all of the weapons that they have, which are limited but numerous, And they say, okay, here's how we're going to change what we did. We are not going to do what we just did because we'll lose again. We're going to change what we did. So they start Kevin Love, and suddenly they have a little more size, and they can rebound a little more. And they put Jimmy Butler on Jamal Murray, so suddenly Jamal Murray doesn't have quite as much space as he did before. And they basically say, okay, Nikola Jokic, the greatest passing big man (laughs) and maybe the greatest passer ever in the history of the game, period. We're going to cut off your passing lanes. We're right. not going to allow Eric Gordon to slip along the baseline for easy layups. We're not going to allow your little two-man game with you and Jamal Murray where you get the ball, hand the ball to him while you're setting a pick, and have Jamal Murray open for a three. We're going to basically like cut off those lines, and we're going to force you to score. And Jokic says, fine, I'll score 41 points because I'm the best <laughs> basketball player in the world. But... By making him do that, and by cutting off—I mean, look at Michael Porter Jr. had he had like seven points or whatever in game two. Yeah, he was was irrelevant. He couldn't do anything, and so like, and (sighs) and by the way, here's the other thing—the last thing I'll say—and then you can talk—is they do all of that stuff, and it all works, and they shoot 50% That's from the 3. Thing. There you they go. They hit every they hit they hit half of their three-pointers. Yeah. Kevin Love, who's a shell of himself, has like four three-pointers. Max Strus, who was 0 for 10, hits four three-pointers in the first quarter and they do everything to the best of their ability, and they win by three points. That's right. <laughs> because That's right. that is the absolute ceiling for the Miami Heat is if they don't have all of those things going for them, they lose. And when they have all of those things going for them, they win by three. That is yeah. this team in a nutshell.
0: Look, I agree with all of that. I Here's the, the, the frustrating parts. There's so many frustrating parts with that team, including the fact that, that all of those things make perfect sense, except for them making 50% of their threes. They (laughs) can't shoot. That team cannot shoot. But suddenly Kyle Lowry's like, like he loses 10 years off of his, off of his life. And he's starting to make threes and Kevin love. You're talking about that. I mean, look, part of what they do is, is definitely evil genius turning, Jokic into a scorer and having that be like a bad thing for Denver is like, who thinks like that? Like this is this is just crazy that they would ever even think along those lines, but that's what they do. It's just oh, they're so so annoying. So annoying. And you know it's coming. I mean, look, they've outplayed Denver in the fourth quarter, both games. Both games one and game two, they outplayed Denver in the fourth quarter. Fourth, you know, game one. Denver had that game completely under control. And then suddenly Miami's like kind of back in it. And, that's and it what they do, man. That's what, that's they, what do. they do. They just hang around. And I think you're right. I think they've got a bunch of guys that are just playing for their lives. It's like, you know, it's like playing for Bear Bryant's Texas A&M team or something where they're like, yeah, everybody go run in this like alligator infested water is like to warm up. I mean, it's just, it's, it's a very, uh, trying thing, but the other thing is that they do have Jimmy Butler, who, by the way, has not had his Jimmy Butler game. Not yet. playing, not scary. playing
1: as well as everybody thought he was going to.
0: Right, and so that's scary that that suddenly he'll go on a two or three game unstoppable streak, and and they'll be tough. Um, and but yeah, I mean, come on, Duncan Robinson and Max Struess and Kyle Lowry and. I mean these guys are all making threes like like the world's coming to an end and it's just oh, it's frustrating. But I'm telling you what, this is now a very scary series, I think. Oh
1: yeah. Oh, completely. I I fact I this sounds crazy, but I kind of think that game 3 is a must win for the Nuggets. I like I of know re- that sounds insane, <laughs> but I kind of think they have to win game 3 so that even if they lose 4 it's like all right, whatever. We held serve. We're we won right. two, we'll and they won home. two, and we're yeah. going coming back home. Even, but like if they lose game three and they go into game four, it's with a down two one. I mean, a couple things to say. Number one, I could be crazy. I don't think Jimmy Butler is going to have one of those crazy fifty forty eight point games. Okay. I think. I think he's pretty tired. I think he's worn down. I think it doesn't matter because he still does a million things to help his team win. He's an exceptional basketball player. And he also is obviously like, you know, he's the heart and soul of their stupid team that I hate. (laughs) I don't think, but I don't, that's not what I fear. I just fear that they basically, and I, I was again, screaming and yelling about this when no one would listen to me back in March they couldn't shoot the whole year, and sometime in March they started to shoot again. yeah, they suddenly were creeping up. They were suddenly hitting forty five percent of their threes, forty two percent of their threes, sometimes fifty percent of their threes. And nobody noticed because they were five hundred the whole year, and they were like barely in the seventh spot in the right. in the east. Right. And they were but the, they the started scoring team. yeah, they r- r- it is worth noting that the year before they were the best three point shooting team in the league. <laughs> so the anomaly looks like basically October to March as a team and what they did from in March, April, and may starts to look more like what they were the year before. Right. So my fear is just that they're on a heater that, that Gabe Vincent and Caleb Martin and Maxters and Duncan Robinson, even now are on some crazy heaters, some crazy hot streaks. And much like the Florida Panthers in hockey just got really hot, Bobrovsky got really hot and they beat the Bruins and they <laughs> they beat Carolina. They beat all these teams that should have lost to. I just fear that they're on a heater. And like, My, uh, you know, my ancient nemesis Derek Jeter once said, the best teams make the playoffs and the hottest team wins. Like, that's just the way it works. I feel like they're maybe just the hottest team. What will be ironic is if if they end up winning this series, which will be awful, then the story might end up being that the Boston Celtics who went down 0-3 and looked like they were totally rolling over might end up being the team that gave the heat, the hardest <laughs> challenge that they faced in the entire run, which would be so sad. If I don't want that to be,
0: I don't want that to be the case. I'm, I look, I still believe in Jokic and, and I just don't think that uh, um, that it's going to come down to uh, you know, I think that Murray's going to be back and, and they're they're just better. They're just better. And Jokic. Yeah, is but the best so were the, in the Bucks, world. and so know, were the Celtics. But the, but they're Denver's all better. better. It does. But I think Denver's it, better than the Bucs, and I think Denver's better than the Celtics. I think
1: it doesn't matter, man. No, you got to stop thinking. It, when it comes to the Heat, you have to stop thinking about who's better. Because like, if if um who who if like who's who's like a famous strong, if Hulk Hogan in his prime yes had a fight against dracula you would go like well hulk hogan will win that he's bigger and stronger but what you're not thinking about is the fact that dracula has the ability to bite his neck and suck his blood out and turn him into an undead uh, shell of himself right that's the what you can't think of the heat in terms of who's better they're all better every team in the playoffs was better than miami like that's not the way this works the heat don't function that way
0: no no and they will bite your neck and they will suck your soul out and it's uh it's not ideal. It's not ideal. Really isn't. All right. We are uh going to are you ready? Are you ready I'm for ready. The Joe Joe v Mike uh matchup? This is very exciting. Now, how do you so, want to well, do this? Do you want
1: to do it by uh your batting order or by position?
0: No, position by position, I okay. think. I think we go well batting order we can figure out later.
1: I uh, put mine into a batting order, so for the record.
0: You did. All right, but you can find your yeah. positions. We'll just we'll just go around around the the the, the league. And you only and you gave yourself one starter, or what did you do?
1: I I ha- I chose four, but I can choose one. I'm happy to choose okay. one. And I also have a relief pitcher and a closer.
0: Okay, great. All right. So I I do not have a I have a closer uh and I've got a starter, uh, but I don't know that I have another reliever, but right. I'm sure I can figure one out. All right, here we go. So let's start at let's start at first base. Why don't we start at first base? And I'll start my first baseman on the all Joe, Joey, Joseph jose team um is joey Votto, and and here's here's my thinking um i believe that albert uh pujols first name is jose but i didn't feel like we could do that no i i, 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 I don't
1: i, I shot actually with one exception but there's a big there's a good reason for it i shied away from anyone who's Middle name is Mike, or who technically their first name yeah. is Mike. If you know the guy as Albert Pujols, you can't suddenly say his name is Mike. That's and what I'm wondering. That's what there, Wall a... would do, and we all know we're not going to do anything <laughs> Wall would do.
0: There is a there is somebody here that I'm going to look for a ruling on uh, a little bit later on uh, as an old time player. But I'm, I'm very happy with Joey Votto as my first baseman, and uh, and uh, who do you got?
1: I got Miguel Cabrera at first. I put Miggy at first. Oof. Uh, it's uh, the, for obvious reasons. If you think about the other position that he plays and who I might have at that position, <laughs> I had to put Miggy at first. So I mean, this is close, but I would say, I mean, Joey Votto. The, the fantastic player. I think I got you beat at first. If I put Miggy there, you,
0: you might have me beat. I, I look, well, I'm going to ask Joey what he thinks, who he thinks uh, is really, I mean, Miggy one. is
1: a no doubt without question. First ballot hall of Famer. Yeah, he, no,
0: no, no question. Yeah. And he's won the triple crown and, and he's, he's put up beggar numbers and Joey's, you know, we, we know that Joey's going to be a somewhat contentious hall of fame case. I, I agree. I'm happy with Joey. I'm yeah. willing to give Great you first the slight edge. Um, I, I will tell you this. Um, and, and I'm not just saying this like is to, to sneak this in, but I've been meaning to tell you for a while now that I wrote a book.
1: Yeah. The baseball and... 100.
0: No, no. I wrote another book, another baseball About a book. different subject. No, it's about baseball. It's also about baseball. You wrote and an 800 called...
1: page book about baseball, called the baseball 100. <laughs> and then you wrote another book about baseball. Right. Then after I wrote that?
0: another book. And not only that, I called it why we love baseball because I didn't feel like I could get that into the first
1: you didn't have room in the 800 page room. book to discuss why you like <laughs> any of this okay
0: so uh so why we love baseball which is coming out september 5th and as part of that deal uh i am uh with rainy day books and, and we are running out of time because this is only good through father's day um i am uh signing and and inscribing the books with anything you want anything you want to say you go to rainydaybooks.com, order the book. It'll give you a little, uh, like a little space to say who you want me to inscribe the book to and what you want me to say. And I am willing to say whatever, whatever you want me to say. I have, I have already signed some things that that make me hurt inside, but that's what people want. I'm here to give what people want. I am trying to sell a lot of books because I am trying to break the record of a another guy who who had the pre-sale record at at Rainy Day Books mm. and what kind of so-
1: dashing swashbuckling gentleman <laughs> could have possibly no, held the record before no, now No,
0: he he's sort of the opposite mm. of of that swashbuckling dazzling gentleman. He's um he's kind of the Miami heat of Oh, that's so cold. <laughs> that
1: is so cold of you to say that. I would have all accepted right. anything except the Miami anything Heat except of for that if I'd call
0: him the Derek Jeter of
1: authors. I'd you would have take that over the Heat more. of authors, yeah, yeah. without question. Yeah, all right,
0: he's not the Miami Heat. That's not fair. It's not fair. He wrote a heck of a book called "How to Be Perfect," mm. uh, that is well deserving of all the accolades and success it had. However, he should not own the record uh, from my hometown bookstore. So I am trying to beat him out. Um, and, and we're getting there we're we're climbing the ladder we're going and and so what happens like, if
1: you don't beat the record what has this swashbuckling dashing gentleman said he's going to do if you fail to beat the this,
0: record this 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 will you know what this will tell you a little bit about this person okay, okay? think of, think about the sort of person that you would consider to be a friend a nice Individual. The kind of person who would this, never
1: who would never give you COVID. That kind of person would never
0: give you COVID, would never cause problems for you, would never refuse to pay you back money he owes you. That right. kind of guy, okay. right? Um, the sort of guy who would write a book about how to be perfect, trying to as we try to get better in life. Sure. Right? Um this person has said if 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 I fall even one book short, uh-huh. even one book short of the record, he will film himself. Popping open a bottle of champagne and toast me like he's a member of the nineteen seventy two Dolphins. Right. That is that is what he has said he will do.
1: That uh, in that swashbuckling, dashing gentleman's <laughs> defense, I believe <laughs> that you were the one who first pitched that as an idea. That, that's
0: right. No, I I, I am the you one. You kind who of came brought this with, on yourself. <laughs> which which is how this whole thing has begun, because I also was the one that helped this dashing person set the record in the right. first place. So and, and then I, got COVID, I, I, and then got COVID from him. So, so yes, no, I am completely and utterly deserving, I suppose. However, we are making progress. We are closing in on the record. I mean, we're not we're not there yet, but we're still three months. Out well, I I
1: wholeheartedly encourage everyone to do this and to help Joe break the record because let's face it, who wants to. Be the 1972 Dolphins. Like I don't want it. I don't want to do this. I hate the 1972 Dolphins. They suck. You do. You They're really terrib- do. They're terrib- terrible. Ter- it's a terrible group of people. And as I have pointed out many times, the worst NFL team, the Houston Texans right. of last year, would if they played them in their primes, would beat them 177 to nothing. So let's let's prohibit any dashing and swashbuckling people from having to imitate the 1972 dolphins (laughs) against their will, just in order to like make a point to Joe and help Joe buy, go to rainydaybooks.com, order his book, pre-order it, have him inscribe something to you, help him break this uh, admittedly incredible sounding guy's current record (laughs) so that uh, we don't have to live out a nightmare, which is me impersonating the 1972 dolphins.
0: (laughs) Totally agree. And of course the reason I brought all this up is one of the inscriptions that somebody sent me was uh, that I, I should write, um it was basically about Joey Votto is the most interesting man in baseball and I made a terrible mistake leaving him out of the baseball 100.
1: Did Joey that himself was, ask you to write it that? It
0: was not. It was it could have been Joey. I sent it to Joey who found it very amusing and enjoyable. Okay. Um and so uh but I I will eventually sign a book for Joey with some similar thing to it. So in other words what I'm saying is you win. I'm happy for you to win uh, at first base, um, but I I'm happy with my guy. Yeah. I would not trade my. No, Joey I think Votto.
1: I think it's a great choice. All right, who you got uh, at all right. a second?
0: All right, my second baseman is Joe Morgan. I feel pretty good about my second base uh, guy, uh, I don't feel as good about him as an announcer. Uh, But I feel really good about him as a second baseman.
1: Yeah, if this were if you put him in the booth, you'd have a problem. But uh, at second, (laughs) I think you're going to win. My my second baseman is Michael Young, very good player, good player, good player, player, Um, player. memorable uh, All Star performance one year. Uh, You know,
0: one of Brandon McCarthy's favorite players, Michael Young,
1: great player, great player, not not Joe not Joe Morgan. (laughs)
0: No, no, that's a that's a big win for me. Yep. That's a big, big win. All right. Who is your shortstop? My shortstop is Miguel Tejada. Ooh, good one. Pretty good. good
1: one. Like, um, not maybe at the end of the day, didn't quite have the career that it, we thought he was gonna have, had some PED issues, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. But in his prime, in that run of twenty straight games that they won, like where you had like, you know, four consecutive ninth inning walk offs or whatever it was. <laughs> uh a, a an excellent, an excellent hitting shortstop, a very good shortstop. Yeah,
0: very, very good shortstop. So I have two Hall of Fame options at short. Uh and and here's my question for you, as the baseball historian that you are. So I think Arky Vaughn is one of the five greatest shortstops in baseball history. Uh he's in the baseball one hundred, he's an all time great. His name is Joseph. That is his name. Mm. And people who who like knew him called him Joe. However, in baseball circles, he's, he's arky. definitely Arky. Yep. He's Arky, and so because of that, I think I'm going to go with Joe Sewell, who is also in the Hall of Fame and famously struck out like six times in a year. You know, I mean, he was just he was impossible to strike out essentially. Uh, and I'm happy with that. I'm a, I've got my Hall of Famer at short. Arky Vaughn is better, but I don't. I just don't think, I think I can do
1: that. I think it's honorable. I think the commissioner. Roger Goodell would allow you <laughs> to put
0: He probably uh, he'd would. Probably
1: allow it on a he technicality, but would. I think it's very honorable of you not to try to sneak Archie Vaughn in there.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna go with Joe Sewell. And I still feel like I probably win, although Joe Sewell played a long time. Played ago a long time. Ago. Yeah, yeah. That's a you know, I could have gone with somebody more recent, but but I'm okay with Joe. It Sewell,
1: would be Richard. funny to go back in time, bring Miguel Tejada back in time to Joe Sewell and say, "This guy's going to play <laughs> your position, and see what he says." Because because uh, I think
0: he it'd was be really brute. funny to Miguel Tejada go. But like we always talk about, like, oh, what would happen if Babe Ruth played today? It would be so much funnier to see what would happen if Miguel Tejada <laughs> went back in those days. Yeah. First of all, he'd be swinging a 50 ounce bat, right? Yeah. Like he would like just that's a huge, huge bat. But he'd be like looking, and he'd be like, "All right, let's bring it, bring the fastball." And the guy'd be like, "That was my fastball, eighty one miles an hour." Yep. You know, but the thrown underhand. (laughs) But the ball would also weigh like twenty pounds because of all the sweat and gross, you know, stuff on it.
1: Who Who is a better baseball player, Miguel Tejada or Joe Sewell? That's a really interesting argument that was never. It's never been asked before. (laughs) No one's ever. This is the first time you have ever juxtaposed these two guys. No one
0: ever will again i feel I' feel better with Archie Vaughn I mean it's a little more recent uh and was so dominant, such a dominant player um but but we'll we'll go with Joe Sewell. I'm okay with
1: that. I think it's a let's let's leave the question of who's better to the end. Let's see if if one of us emerges as a clear winner and it doesn't matter, then
0: yeah, then great, but yeah, if I not, we'll
1: legislate good. it later,
0: okay. All right, who I, I think I know who your third baseman is, unless you went unless you went with a surprise. Did you did you surprise us with your third? It's baseman?
1: It's Mike Lowell. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, finally. No, hey, it's Michael Jack does, Schmidt. Does, Michael
1: Jack Schmidt is my third baseman. Does
0: uh, does that does that Red Sox team win without Mike Lowell?
1: Uh you know I have so I, I made a pretty complete team here, and Mike Lowell is my is my utility guy. Mike Lowell's on my bench. Oh, nice. Yeah, nice. Because uh, because nice. uh, and, and not only a great player in his own right a great leader a great teammate everybody sure. loved him like heart and soul of that clubhouse that team does absolutely does not win without him uh I, I think that, yeah. he was a world series mvp he was a you know come on he, he was great he was, he was a throw-in in the beckett deal they had to eat his salary and then he ends up being like a massively important component of that uh, hugely
0: hugely important guy um, look you're not going to be mike schmidt mike schmidt's the best third baseman of all time in my view um but I'm okay with Jose Ramirez at third base. I mean, it's not like I feel bad about having Jose Ramirez at third no. base. I mean, of a, a potential Hall of Famer himself, I think.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. No, he's great. That yeah. I knew that's who you were going to go with and that's a great choice. He just uh, he and I don't think he'll end up being better than Schmidt, but but it's like it's a very strong third baseman. That's
0: a so strong. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a very very good. I don't feel like my team doesn't have any weaknesses. Not that Michael Young is a weakness, but it's
1: not nice. I my team has a couple of weaknesses. I was surprised actually about how many tough choices there were, not because there were so many great guys, because there weren't any truly great guys. So Oh, I, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, unless All right. by the way, I should have prefaced this by saying it's probable that I forgot someone really embarrassing <laughs> here. And so I pre apologize <laughs> if someone's like, You forgot about Babe Ruth or whatever. Like I yeah. I apologize.
0: Well. Well, I feel like you're going to have a pretty good center fielder. So who's your left fielder?
1: Okay, so I put, this might be cheating, um, but I put, uh, well, what did I do here? Hold on a second. I, I think I put Mike Cameron in left because okay. I have two center fielders, really. You have
0: two center fielders, and he's not the better of those two center fielders. Yeah. He's the better defensively, though. You could have swapped those two guys. I could have. Your I, other I, Mike has played more left field than Mike Cameron has.
1: I'm thinking, well, the, so you'll when I get to my right fielder, you'll see the other problem. There's a third component of the problem. But I don't think you can take Mike Trout and put him in left field, right? It's like it's I think something you have to. There's, I think there's you, something you, wrong about Mike that. Mike
0: Cameron is so good defensively. I mean, Mike no. Trout's good, but he's not Cameron level defensively. Well, what if think. we're
1: playing in you know Yankee Stadium where we've got a big left and left center? I maybe need a good left fielder to you know. If we're playing in Joe DiMaggio's home park, I think I need a good <laughs> left fielder. I don't know. All right, I, I, but look, we can. Uh, I'll swap him mid inning. Who cares? Like you know what I mean? Yeah, you uh, could.
0: You, you play around with it. But you I put I put
1: need. I put Cameron in left for now.
0: All right, Mike Cameron, d- excellent defensive player, maybe the greatest catch ever. Um I went with Ducky Medwick, Joe Ducky Medwick as my left fielder. I did feel like he I was willing to uh not do the Archie Vaughn thing with him because he hated that Ducky nickname and mm. he thought it was stupid and and then maybe what they called him. But fantastic player, fan, Hall of Famer, just a just big power Terrific player. Joe Medwick. Yeah. I love it. All That's right. A good call. Look, our center field battle is very interesting because it's really a battle of like, you and I both believe that Mike Trout is better than Joe DiMaggio. I think you and I both believe it. However, Joe DiMaggio was uh, was was pretty, pretty, pretty darn good. He, I don't know if you know this. This is a, an interesting tidbit about Joe DiMaggio. <laughs> he once hit in. 56 straight games get right, right out I of town this? no
1: i've never heard that before
0: <laughs> you know what else you know what else he was before he died mm. the greatest living ball player really yeah yeah wow. no people said that about he him was the time.
1: greatest living ball player so i just trying to figure out how the how the temporally this works out so <laughs> willie mays was already dead right, he I guess. was alive willie mays, willie was, mays was alive, alive.
0: Yeah, he was okay. alive. And Ted but, Williams, but,
1: Ted Williams has been dead way. Before he was then. also alive. He was also alive.
0: Henry Aaron, and Hank was Aaron, also, Hank Aaron was alive was, as well. Was also alive. Yeah. Okay. Mickey Mantle for much of that. Was he time, alive was also too?
1: As alive. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What about like Eddie Murray? Because I'm pretty sure Eddie Murray was better than Joe DiMaggio. <laughs> was he alive? Was, Eddie Murray was. Was Fred, Cal was Fred McGriff alive? <laughs> Fred McGriff. <laughs> Was Miguel Tejada was still alive at that point? <laughs> was Alex Rodriguez and Roger Clemens alive? Barry Bonds? Was Bonds was alive? alive? So how yeah, he was. he was. He Ken might, Griffey was alive. Yeah, was he? I must be. Uh, there's something. Was it was. But it was weird. But he alive? was still. The,
0: look, he was still the greatest ball player, the greatest living ball player. I don't know what to tell you. Look, they said it enough times that I believe it. I mean, I just, at some point, you just have to believe what you hear. Hmm. All right. Well, I don't really get anyway, it, but. Neither one of us are big, huge Joe DiMaggio people because he is the Yankees. Um, and Mike Trout still has a chance to be the greatest player of all time. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe Probably the not, but he's, uh, not, but he's, but I, sorry. He's going to be top 10. He'll sorry, top everybody. 10.
1: He's better than Joe DiMaggio. Sorry.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's probably it. All right, who is your right fielder? All right, so here's
1: my technicality, and you have to give me a ruling on this.
0: All right, all I right put the commissioner. I
1: put Stanton in right, because his name is Giancarlo Stanton, <laughs> but, his, but he went by Mike Stanton for a long he time. He went by
0: Mike Stanton. I had a very similar thing with Joey Bell, Joey Albert Bell, because he was Joey first right. and then Albert. I'm not giving it to you. I don't really? think so. Like, he's been, well, I just feel like if you said Mike Stanton... Nobody would think about Giancarlo Stanton anymore. Like that's, like that. There's no even leftover. Like if you said Joey Bell, people would like kind of laugh and go, "Oh yeah, I remember when he was called Joey Bell." Nobody even remembers when Giancarlo Stanton was called Mike Stanton. Do I mean, they?
1: They. I, I think some people do.
0: Look, I'm willing to give it to you. I mean, it's it's fine. I don't really
1: have another good option, honestly. Really, who else? Who was? Who was? I mean, there isn't really because all the other guys really are like, um, they're all infielders. It's like Mike Lowell, Mike Napoli, who's I have currently slotted in as my DH. Like, there's not a lot of other mics that made sense for the outfield. So,
0: yeah, all right, let's give you Mike Stan. Look, I'm I'm fine with that because I'm going to go. With Shoeless Joe Jackson in right field, so I feel like... You're going to win anyway. uh, I feel like, again, we're going old school, but uh, Shoeless Joe, you know, we're putting him in there. Yeah. All right. I feel really good about my catcher because my catcher is, I believe, future Hall of Famer Joe Maurer. Interesting. I went with him over Joe Torre. I I feel like I'm really good with Joe Maurer. Yeah, he's
1: very good, but I don't think he's better than Mike Piazza.
0: Better defensively. Better defensively, sure. <laughs> but Mike Piazza is the best
1: hitting catcher of all time, and his career lasted a lot longer.
0: Yeah, no, no, no. This, no, is, no. this Look, is actually Piazza, a good
1: battle. This is a good battle. It's a good
0: battle. It's a it's a very good battle. It's very very good. Yeah, I think Mike uh, Mike Piazza. What a slugger, man! What yeah. A, what a what a crazy.
1: Did you know? Mike... I heard something incredible about him. Did you know? that he was a very, very late round draft pick and he was only drafted because he was his dad was like friends with Tommy Lasorda or something?
0: No. <laughs> no. Mike Piazza? <laughs> yeah. That guy was like, no, yeah. no, 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 no. I that heard that recently
1: like, and I double-checked and it's true.
0: I mean, that guy was born to play, wasn't he? Wasn't Mike sure, Piazza like that? Sure seems like it. How? By the way... You and I will do this. We're, you know what? In fact, I want to tease something for next week Ooh. or two weeks. I want to tease something, but I need your permission because you might not agree with this. Okay. I want to bring the draft back okay. for, for for a week. And here's what I want us to draft. Players who hit the ball the hardest. Great. The hardest hitting players Great. In, in our lifetime. Can't be, we're not going back to the old days. Okay. Not going back in players, our lifetime. Play, that essentially, we've seen players play, who
1: we have personally seen. Essentially we have personally hit seen even on TV
0: hard. or whatever. So I would say, like, I would say, really, even Hank Aaron or those guys would be out. Right. Like, uh, I, We're you know, start.
1: We're we basically starting in like the '80s, kind
0: of right. Yeah, like, yeah probably like 1981 or something like okay. that. So, because I mean, look, Piazza's going to be on that list. Yeah. he is. He that guy. the guy smacked the ball. It's crazy. All right. Uh, who is your is your DH? Who is your
1: DH? I've got Mike Napoli at DH. Does yeah, this, I, it, I you know it could be Lowell, but Lowell was also if Lowell going to play, he should play the field because he was a great de- de- defensive player. But Napoli, yeah. in his prime, also Red Sox legend, 2013 Red Sox legend, Mike Napoli. Mike Napoli was shockingly good as a hitter in his prime, and there were times when that Angels team that made that was that was consistently really good. The secret weapon on that team, sort of like the secret weapon on the late '90s Yankees, was Posada because to have a catcher who could actually hit, you know, 22 home runs a year and walk 65 times or whatever was such an advantage in that era. Napoli was a similar guy; like he was, he was a similar weapon for that team. And and uh, but you know
0: what was crazy was Napoli just turned himself into one heck of a first baseman for a while. Yeah, like like defensively, like. Gold glove level, which was just super. I thought about weird.
1: putting him at first and putting Miggy in the DH slot, which I think I can do as this, as our World Series goes on. Maybe I'll give him, I'll give <laughs> you, Miggy probably, a, a you probably of should rest. do that. He's, yeah. he's
0: better defensively at first base. Yeah. All right. I'm going to actually throw out three names for my, uh, for my, uh, DH because I just, I just don't know. I mean, it just depends on what you want from, from this and that doesn't even include Joe Tori who was a heck of a hitter and an MVP. Uh my three names are Joey Bell, you know, who I think is one of the great sluggers of all time. Jose Batista, mm. you know, one of the great sluggers of all time. And in his prime Jose Conseco, who was like a 40-40 guy. So I don't know which of those three, like it's, you know, and I mean, we're not even talking about Joe Carter. Joe Carter was obviously a a fantastic player himself. I don't have Joe Carter on my team. Get out of here. Put Joe Carter. Oh, I would put Joe Carter in there. I would would, put Joe Carter instead of Ducky Medwick out left. I I would
1: 100% do that. Yeah. Yeah, let's do
0: that. We could put Joe Carter out there. Joe Carter was a terrific player. I mean,
1: Joe Carter, Joe Carter, I think, beats Mike Cameron pretty easily soundly and And, and and you you don't have to cross eras. Yeah. You don't have to go.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's right. I, I think I'm going to go with Joey Bell. I just think those few years where he was at the top of his game, I mean, he was 50 homers and 50 doubles in a season. That just, that's, lunacy. Yeah, Absolute any any lunacy. 100
1: extra base hit season is kind of a special thing. I yeah. I I'll, I I don't want to give it to you, but since you gave me Stanton,
0: I'll give that to you.
1: Um, yeah,
0: I think it's fair. Yeah. I I think it's fair. All right, who is your starting pitcher cuz you might have me here.
1: I've got Mike Metsinos as my starter. I think Oh, that's good. He's a oh, Hall
0: of Famer? Yeah, Hall of Famer.
1: It it was I was actually surprised that there aren't more kind of Hall of Fame level Mike guys. The only other guys who really I could find are Mike Cuellar, not a Hall of Famer. Uh, no, but good. Mickey Lolich, who's was very, oh, very good. Oh, Mickey's.
0: Wait a minute. You get Mickey's? Why didn't you think Mickey Man? Oh, because his name is Mickey. Yeah, his name it's actually not is Mike. Mickey. Not Mike. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he was named after Mickey Cochran. I right.
1: don't know if you knew that. And then and then Michael Walker, who obviously isn't better than Mucina. No, so Mucina's, Mucina's your guy, I think. And Again, unless I'm forgetting someone obvious. Um,
0: I found it a little bit of a struggle. I might have missed somebody on pitching, too. Cause I found it a little bit of a struggle, but I'm going with the, with the legend uh, of Jose Fernandez. I just feel like Fernandez in his, I mean, I think that guy was going to become one of the greatest ever. Yeah. I, I just think he was well on his way to doing that. Um, just fantastic. And, and really my other options were not that great. Joe Negro, you know, won a bunch of games. Joe Nuxall, you know, was the youngest and it's not, not as not as great as you know i'm sure i i mean yeah you got your jose de leones and guys like that but i don't i didn't come across guys maybe jose Rijo. <laughs> jose Rijo was terrific It was mm-hmm. a really good pitcher i'm happy with jose fernandez though i feel i feel he matches up with mucina
1: yeah i think that's probably right i mean it if we're talking about one, we're talking about one World Series in your prime. I think you're happy with Jose Fernandez.
0: I think I'm happy with Jose, and I'm happy with my closer, Joe Nathan. I feel like I'm pretty good on on my closer. Who is your closer?
1: Well, my a guy who actually was a closer. The best I can come up with is Mike Timlin. Who is not amazing, but was a very, very good relief pitcher. For very a good long closer time. and legit. Yeah, totally then the legit. The only other guy who fits the bill, who's my long reliever, is Mike Marshall from the old uh, Dodgers. Teams. Oh, Mike
0: Marshall could be your closer. Yeah. I actually like Mike Marshall as your club. Mike Marshall won a Cy Young. I mean, Mike Marshall. Yeah. His whole thing was the how many games did he start? I mean, did he get into that year? One hundred and six. Some crazy
1: number. I mean, he threw like one (laughs) hundred and forty-nine innings or something as a reliever. It's so crazy.
0: Oh, he threw more than that because he he got into like one hundred and six games or something. I'm actually going to look that up because it's a crazy. And you know, he's still doing. He's still talking about, you know, how to, how to get, these are pretty even to, teams. Like if
1: you go down this list, more so,
0: yeah, they are pretty. Even. Okay. So second, yeah 106 games he got into, you threw 208 innings oh my as God. a reliever.
1: Yeah. So second, so I, I have my, I made my lineup. I'll go by my lineup. Second base. I've got Michael Young. You've got Morgan. You win first base. I've got Cabrera. You've got Vado, I win center I field. Win. I've got trout. You've got DiMaggio. I think I win. I've got Schmidt. Uh, At third, you've got Jose Ramirez. I think I win. Then you've got Shoeless Joe in right. I've got Stanton. I think you win. You've got Maurer. I've got Piazza. I think I win, but it's close. Uh, We'll skip shortstop. You've got uh, Albert slash Joey Bell. I've got Mike Napoli. You win. You've got Joe Carter in left. I've got Cameron. I think you win. So that's four to four with shortstop Joe Sewell and Tejada sort of up in the air. Then, yeah. Then pitchers Musina and Jose Fernandez. I think that's a that's a close one too. That's a close battle. I think that's a yeah. close close. And battle. And I think you win with Joe Nathan over Marshall or who's your who's and, your manager? Well, I've got Mike Sosha managing. <laughs>
0: well, so I don't know whether to have Joe McCarthy, the legendary Yankee manager, or Joe Torre, the other Yankee Ugh, legendary bro, Yankee manager. Gross. I, I know, I know, but I got to do it. Yeah. All right. Who's your, who's your, who's your flake? Who's your best flake on the team? My best flake? Do you have, oh yeah. Like, do you have somebody the equivalent in flakiness to Joe Charbonneau? I don't think you do. (laughs) (laughs) I guess Mike Marshall was kind of a flake. Unless Turk
1: Wendell's first name was really Mike. I don't think I have one. Or Bill Lee. Uh yeah, I, I mean I've got Lowell on my bench, which I think is a good bench player. I like that. Um, but these are very I, I thought you were gonna run away with it, but I think they're kind of actually pretty much evenly matched teams. Yeah,
0: they're very I think they're very even. I wonder if there is another name that that could that could match up here. I mean, like is there a Steven? It has to be a name that like covers multiple names,
1: I yeah. think. Yeah. You know?
0: Like Tom or Tommy Robert,
1: or right? Are there a lot of Bobs? Oh,
0: Robert and Bob. Did yeah, you, yeah. That that could be actually interesting. All right, we'll have to come up with see if there's other teams. We'll we'll I I will mention to everybody again if you are interested in joining our Substack, it is uh, thepodcast.substack.com, and uh, we just open it up if you guys want to have discussions about this crazy podcast. We can open that up. Like, hey, pick vote your, on pick vote your on whose team. team?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: They vote on, not only vote on which team at, but if you want to throw a name team out there that you feel could beat our teams, if you want to throw a Bob's a Bob out there or a, a Tom. Who would or, Bob or off whatever. the top of
1: our head? I mean you've got Bob Gibson. Um and
0: Bob Feller. I mean that's the thing. It's like I right. wonder if you have like too many pitchers. Right. You would have um
1: I don't know how many you have Robbie there. Alomar at second.
0: Yeah, you'd have Robbie Alomar at second base. Let me see here. How about uh you have Roberto Clemente Roberto right. Clemente that hurt. Is yeah, good. that would that would be that would be really good. Uh, let's see here. You could
1: have Roberto Baggio as your designated penalty kick taker. Does <laughs> you, that help you?
0: You you really could. I don't think it helps. I don't a think. The guy who I famously
1: launched one over the crossbar to lose a World Cup.
0: <laughs> you have Bobby Grich at second base. That's, that's a that's a that's, that's a summa. pretty good one. Uh, You have lefty grove Bobby Benia, like,
1: and Bo- way have Bobby Bonds and left if you want him.
0: You have Bobby Bonds, Bobby or you third. can put him, you can put him out there where where you want. Uh, Let's see, you'd have there's Bob. Le- you have a lot of pitchers. Bob Lemon is there too. Right. Oh, you have Bobby Dorr. You have a lot of second. Oh, basemen, a lot of
1: second basemen. Yeah,
0: yeah. You know, Bobby Doria You have Bob Welch, Bob Walk. Um, Bob, you'd have, you'd have the delightfully named bob walk you'd have bobby thompson you can you can put uh-huh. bobby thompson out there bobby richardson another second baseman bob uh, your manager bob your Boom. manager could be your manager could be bobby cox bobby cox and your you, manager and good. you'd have bob uecker in the in the in the booth because i have joe's in the booth i have uh joe garagiola and joe bach in my oh, booth yeah. you so got a good booth not not a bad booth. Bob right Boone as a catcher
1: is pretty good. That's a, not a bad catcher, right? Unless we're forgetting yeah, someone. You'd,
0: you'd have Rob Deere or Bob Horner or one of those guys. Sure. Like you could you could get a little power. Bob Watson, Bob uh,
1: Roberto, Robert Bob Roberto. That's a pretty good team. That might that's. It's really not a bad a team. team you would right. have
0: Rob Dibble throwing. You know, closing the games out. That's Rob
1: Deer bad. is your is your DH.
0: Rob <laughs> Deer. That's exactly right. <laughs> You know, Bob Tewksbury, if you don't want to walk anybody. I mean, there, there's, there's, some... all right, look, you want to put together a Bob team or you want to put together a Tom team or, or whatever, just, you know, go at it right there. The sub, uh, podcast, the podcast.substack.com. All right. It is time for one last meaningless thing to end this meaningless thing. It's one last meaningless thing. About sports, and we draft things we know, like how beaches are terrible places to go. No hot fruit for Michael, no diet coke for Joe.
1: The podcast, whoa, it's one last. Whoa,
0: and uh, you know what? You've got a tease coming.
1: I got a tease. So you want to go first? I
0: want to save. I want to save that to the end. Don't, yeah. you, think? don't yeah, you think? Yeah. Yeah. Make everyone you're listen. exciting. <laughs> you're you're exciting. Exciting team. Um, all right. I'm going to just do my one last same thing. So I've mentioned this, uh, certainly at my sub stack. And I don't know if I've mentioned it here, but I have been on a fairly strict diet for the last, three months, two and a half months, maybe something like that. Since I think two and a half months, maybe. Uh, and I'm down 26 pounds, uh, which wow. I'm very happy to save, uh, and feel good and feel like, I mean, I still have a ways to go. The, the the diet is not ending. Uh, but I am down a significant amount of weight and, uh, and feel a lot better. But I've noticed ever since, uh, I've started losing weight, I've noticed that there are all sorts of and and these ads seem to be everywhere at least where I'm looking for dad clothes. have you seen like all of these dad like certain dad t-shirts and hmm. things that 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 sort of hide our dadness you know basically <laughs> they, 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 <laughs> really they, yeah, no yeah they're they're they seem to be everywhere they're like these these shirts that like uh accentuate your arms and 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 limit your belly or something like hmm. I don't. I don't know the scientific uh, I don't background. know how the how the
1: technology works.
0: <laughs> I'm not I mean I'm not a scientist here. I can't figure it all out. But anyway, I've seen these all over the place. And and here's the thing. They're they're clearly a a an incredible ripoff, obviously. They're an incredible thing. However, I I would like to say I am utterly buying in. I am totally and utterly buying in. So I think I'm going to go out and get some of these dad clothes and see if there is actually any difference in in sort of the way I feel. Look or and look feel, or okay. Look and feel. What do you think? So I'm throwing this out. So basically a, Apple a...
1: just released their new $3,500 VR God. headset thing.
0: Yeah, I, I saw and it. And
1: yeah. some other company has released some T-shirts that hide your gut. And you're saying <laughs> they're like, very
0: similar. I'm they're all in very... on
1: the I'm all in on the technology of the t-shirt company. Is what you're saying?
0: Okay, I I do want to ask you about this because because uh, we just had our 25th wedding anniversary, which is exciting. Congratulations! And as thank you, and as my gift, my wife got me a pair of Apple headphones. Uh, they're the new, um, like, uh, what are the the AirPods? AirPods. But they're not AirPods; they're actual. Oh, like AirPods it's
1: actual, Max, they're called. They're, they're it's actual. it's AirPod Max? Yeah.
0: That's exactly what they're actual. They're super cool. They're very comfortable. They're they're awesome. Uh, I am I am all in. Sadly, on Apple and have been for years and years, just because everything I own is essentially Apple. Mm-hmm. I've given them way too much money. And here's my here's the follow. I saw that thirty five hundred dollar uh, AI thing, and. It is the first time I think I felt this way about Apple since, you know, when since they fired Steve Jobs the first time or whatever. No interest. I have
1: no. Interest no. Well, it. I I don't think you're supposed to. I, I believe that what's happening, and I could be wrong, is they are they invented a product that is for like people in super advanced like tech spaces or hardcore gamers, okay. and eventually, I think the, the technology will migrate into like. They're hoping that technology will migrate into, like, everybody wants one kind of a thing. But it's not... I don't think it's supposed to be, like, the iPad or, you know, AirTags or something. But don't they always...
0: But aren't they always, like, when they finally... Because they're usually late to the game as far as releasing stuff. They'll, like, take an extra year or two years. Like, they... Like the Zune came out, they're like, "Ah, eh, forget it. We'll invent our own thing, and it'll be way better." And but, uh, but they've this... done that again and again. But this is—they're re- releasing this in a big way. It sure feels like that. The feeling you're supposed to have when Apple releases a product is, "Oh my gosh, I can't wait for that to come out. I want." One. I,
1: I think I—I—I I, I don't know. I'm—I'm I'm not well versed enough in this to understand it truly. But I think what they're doing is taking the first step in a very, very long path Maybe. toward. Yeah toward virtual offices and virtual communication and whatever the whatever the good version of that stupid metaverse thing is that Facebook <laughs> tried to introduce, where it's like this at the beginning, this is going to be a very fringe product, I think, that will be used by like the gaming community yeah. and, uh, and folks who are like in, uh, who are just like curious early adopter types and or who have jobs that are conducive to using that kind of stuff. But the the point is, is, that they're establishing this toehold in this next wave of interactive computing, and yeah. ten years from now, there'll be contact the lenses, house, right? and it yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. won't be so goofy looking and weird and sort of silly. Were I, you were you in, were you intrigued by it? I'm in, I would love to try it out. I zero yeah. part of me wants to buy it. I don't. I don't right. have any use for it. Like I, the, it's that that's the thing is like when when the iPad came out you're like oh i can see how that's useful even if you right. don't want to buy it you're like yeah it's a tiny it's a flat it's a giant iphone or a very small computer you carry it with you you can you write on it you can look at pdfs or read scripts or whatever you do this is right. something that obviously is it's not geared to you and me it's geared to a completely different sector of the consumer base yeah. that has yeah. some that has the need for this kind of interactive nonsense so i i think like i think this is like They're they're announcing that they are moving in this direction long-term, but I think it's going to be five years before people like you and me even think about buying this because there's no need for it.
0: But then we will buy it. Yeah, well, eventually we will. Well, well, eventually
1: it'll cost... Seven hundred and ninety nine dollars instead of thirty five hundred dollars. It'll be, uh, it won't be goggles that fit over your whole head. It'll be glasses like the ones that you and I wear on our faces, (laughs) and and the battery will last for six hundred years instead of for like two minutes or whatever. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like it's, uh, I I think I would love right now if I could walk into a store and try it on and like. I want to try it. Yeah, it sounds fun.
0: Yeah, it seems interesting, but it's also. You know, I did try that with. I mean, I guess Meta and and whatever that VR uh, thing the that they do. So I was there in an early. This is we're going way off course, but I don't care. Uh, I was at a very early um, Facebook thing where they were where they were like introducing the whole, you know, VR headset and and uh, I can't think of the name of whatever that company subsidiary that they own that that puts out those headsets they're amazing headsets anyway and they were showing like you could put on these headsets and basically watch an nba game live yeah. from like center court yeah. like you're just basically almost on the court and you could watch it and and like you could see your friends like popping up their avatars and all this and and i thought okay this is this is really cool I don't think it's real but I mean it's like really cool and and well this has
1: always been the promise of that technology to me is yeah okay right now the hardest thing in the world to do is to buy tickets to a Taylor Swift concert the very, right. very hardest thing, and the most. That's right. the, have you the, have you done it? Have you done? I it? have. I've secured tickets when she's alive. So an you LA. and I are, Everything's are fine. among the few. Yes.
0: How much? How much of your fortune did you uh, have to? Uh, not a cra- not a
1: crazy amount. I spent like eighty one percent of the total net worth of my family. <laughs> that's why.
0: Well, your like your net worth is a little higher than mine, so I was at eighty seven percent. Yeah, that's well worth it. I yeah, thought. yeah.
1: No, I think it's gonna be great. Uh, so. The, the The promise of the technology has been, in theory, you, using that technology, could sell 10 million front row center right. tickets to a Taylor Swift concert for the same, right. at the same price. You could sell 10 million 5000 five thousand dollar tickets to sit <laughs> front row in the middle of Taylor Swift, because all they ha- would have to do in theory is put a cam- a bunch of cameras right where you you know you're patched into, and That's then if right. the technology works, you get to sit. Front row center at the NBA Finals, front row center at Taylor Swift or at uh, Kanye West, if that's your (laughs) cup of tea or whatever. And so to me, like that, that's why I think Apple is doing this, right? It's not because they hope right now you and I buy these things. It's because long-term, if they can really develop the technology the way it's supposed to be developed and what the promise of it is, it, it, it says to you, if you own this device, every experience in the world is available is a, to is you there to you live. without you leaving your house. Yeah.
0: yeah. 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 Anyway, now that's depressing in its own way. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's terrible. No, yeah. we're, we're doomed.
1: Humanity is doomed. Okay. So here's my, uh, one last minute. <laughs> here it is. Are this you ready? This is so exciting. There's I been, am so ready. There's been one hour and 27 minutes of buildup. And now here we go. Okay. As you well know, I have a, I have a dog. I have two dogs, but one of the dogs is named Henry. He is about four years old. We got him three years ago. Uh, He's almost five, actually. And he's a little, scruffy, 20-pound little nugget of uh, cuteness. He's got shaggy (laughs) blonde hair, scruffy (laughs) neck, floppy ears. He's a total mutt. He was rescued. He was found on the street in Bakersfield, California. When he was about one, he was rescued. We adopted him. He was very sick. We nursed him back to health. Uh, We love him. More than anything in the world, this dog. That's right. Including our other dog. We love our other dog, too. We love Henry more. Let's just face it. Let's just call it what it is. My (laughs) wife loves Henry so much that she has instructed me that if anything were to happen to Henry and he were to leave us, I have been instructed by my wife to sneak up from behind her and hit her over the head with a frying pan and kill her (laughs) because she doesn't want to live in a world that doesn't have Henry in it.
0: That's the degree
1: to which we...
0: Wow. My okay.
1: my wife has said to me on a number of occasions that her single greatest regret in life is that she doesn't have any understanding of what Henry's first year on Earth was. She doesn't know whether he had <laughs> siblings, did he have brothers and sisters? Who were his parents? <laughs> who did someone own him? She it's and, and she, she has- is she is dying to know the 23andMe history yes. and of so, Henry. So you can do, essentially, 23andMe for dogs, uh, which we've done, and you learn about, well, there's 12% Chihuahua and 14% Corgi and 6% uh, Pitbull or whatever. So we did that with him. And we were told that someone out there, somewhere out there, there is at least one relative of Henry's, I think a cousin or something, that <laughs> exists, right? So... It's been a singular focus of our life to try to find this uh, this person. Now, the and I'm going to cut off uh, speculation here. It, the answer to this is not we found him and we had a meeting, which I wish it were. <laughs> we did reach out to the person who and said like, would you like to contact this person? Of course, my wife did immediately, but that person hasn't written us back. So, so we are completely in the dark about this. Okay. So recently, you recently invited me to Blue Sky dot whatever dot whatever that new yes. sort of twitter thing founded by jack uh, dorsey uh the, the sort of new beta of twitter, of twitter
0: thing. fame right correct yes
1: so I and, I and i've joined it and i have uh, blue skied or whatever you call it when you when you post on that thing <laughs> a few times and there's not you know I, there's not a ton of people on blue sky that i know not but yet. i but i'm following uh, the ones i do know and one of them is friend of the podcast and baseball fanatic molly knight Molly Knight, yes. a longtime Dodgers writer, wrote a great book about the Dodgers and about Clayton Kershaw. A uh, sheer delight, a sheer delight. One of my
0: favorite people, a frequent frequent co-host,
1: even of this very uh, podcast.
0: A frequent co-host and also um, a one of the leading lights on Blue Sky. By the yeah. way, like, yeah, like 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 a Blue excellent Sky
1: Blue Sky. Poster. Invited me. That's how there I got go. on Blue
0: Sky. Was because of Molly Knight.
1: So recently, Molly Knight, uh, Blue Skies, a picture of her dog who is recovering from some kind of surgery had a shaved leg and she was like, he's doing really great. And, and he you knows yes. leg. blah, 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 blah. Molly Knight's dog looks exactly like Henry. exactly <laughs> like Henry. Molly Knight's dog has floppy ears and is the same color fur and has a blonde is a scruffy scruffy neck, just like Henry does. He looks to be about Henry's size. He has a slight underbite, which Henry has, he's got sort of jagged messed up teeth, which Henry has. And, I think that there is a
0: possibility. Uh-oh. Okay.
1: Because Molly lives in this city. She's right. That's she, right. Right. She lives she out here. She's an LA person. She's an LA person. I think that there is a one in, call it 640,000 chance okay. that Molly Knight's dog and my dog are like brother <laughs> and brother or brother and sister. I don't even know if her dog is a boy or a girl. And so I emailed her last night and I yes. said, hey, I saw the thing about your dog. Your dog looks like my dog. And I like here's pictures of my dog. Look how much they look alike. And they really do look alike. Yes. And and by the way, they're mutts. It's not like they're both golden retreat purebred golden retrievers, like right, they all right, look right. alike. They're mutts. They're both mutts. And she hasn't written me back yet. So this is a clarion call. I'm sending out the alarm. Okay. Molly, I, if you're uh, listening, you've <laughs> got to get in touch with me and tell me how you found your dog, where you found your dog, where you adopted your dog from. Because I think. that it would be one of the greatest Ripley's Believe It or Not coincidences in the history of Ripley's Believe It or Not coincidences if Molly Knight, if baseball enthusiast and frequent podcast (laughs) guest host Molly Knight and I adopted our dogs and those dogs turned out to be in any way, shape, or form related.
0: Okay, I don't want to be in any way, shape, or form a downer here because this is such an amazing thing. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. I believe Molly's dog passed away. What? Like, I don't know. Now I think Molly has more than one dog, so I don't. know. But she know just that... blue
1: skied about this the other day.
0: Like, like how recently?
1: Well, oh, now I'm now I'm terrified.
0: <laughs> no, that's why I'm 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 very nervous because Molly texted me not too long ago talking about how she was still getting over the loss of her dog, and and Molly is you know. I just could not love Molly more. Um, yeah. So saw So sad. Here's Here we she, go. Okay.
1: So she tweeted one day ago, somebody got the staples out of his leg today. Only six more hours of the cone. It's been 15 days okay. of the cone and we're both feral right now due to him bearing up all night, crying most nights. We're almost there. His leg looks so great compared to before my baby. We did it. Crying face okay. emoji.
0: Okay. This is great because again, she sent me a note, uh, uh, I guess last week. Saying I need a happy distraction from my dog dying, uh and and we, we're gonna do something together. And then she uh, said he was only two. So I think this is I think it's her other dog. Okay. And I'm then gonna, she posted, she just
1: posted another picture that says cone free, and there's a picture of the dog in a dog bag. Okay, so 19 okay. Hours we're, we're okay.
0: in the clear. We're <sighs> in the clear. Molly, reach out to Mike sure to talk about. The dog, what will your wife do if this is a relationship?
1: I mean, she'll, uh, it'll be the end of her. I don't even know what she, she would lose her mind. (laughs) We're going on a family trip soon and she would cancel the trip so that she could drive to wherever (laughs) Molly lives and, and introduce our dogs to each other.
0: Okay. All right. This is, this, this is potentially, here we go. This is the potentially the best. It stinks, but also. But also this uh, is cool. Yeah. This is cool. (laughs) It stinks that Molly lost her dog, which is just very, very sad. But this is cool if you guys have dogs that are related yeah. in any way. And you're convinced. You're convinced. I know you you made the joke about the 640,000 or whatever, but you are convinced these dogs look identical.
1: I, I'm saying, and it's obviously hard to tell, there's only one real picture of her dog's head, which is in this first picture that she posted. But it, if you showed me that picture... I would say, oh, that's my dog, Henry. Now, the only difference, if you really look at them, noticeable in that picture is that Henry's nose and mouth area are a little darker than her dogs. But the ears, identical. The scruff around the neck, identical. The fur color, <laughs> identical. The size, based on my uh, triangulation here, identical. Like this, it, I, oh. it it would be like, and the length of the nose, identical. like. I really feel like there's a, there's this is not, um, there's not, there's a non zero. I have. And she agrees with me. There's a non zero (laughs) chance that our dogs are related.
0: (laughs) All right. We are going to get to the bottom of this. And by the way, you want to talk about the ultimate tease when we, when you return from your trip and we do our next podcast, we will have heard from Molly Knight and we will have found out. We will
1: know. We will know one way or going. the other if this is even possible. Yeah. And I know it's probably, we all need to lower expectations. No, are, my expectations
0: are sky high now. Sky high.
1: Anything <laughs> short of their, their brothers, their actual brothers will be. a. a yeah. If you tell me they're
0: if you tell me they're cousins, no, I, I will be, no, I don't care about that. They have to be. How would we even find out? Would would she have to give her dog the twenty three and Me thing? Would I she
1: think she would. Um, and also, it, it, we would probably know just based on where she adopted the dog from, where what she knows about the dog. We could probably do some decent detective work just based on some basic details. But right. I think in order to get a true. You know, in order to truly get to the bottom of it, I think she'd have to also do this—that crazy uh, dog panel, DNA <laughs> panel thing that we did. It costs like three hundred bucks. It's totally pointless, but we would absolutely do it in in order to get to the oh, bottom of this mystery.
0: This is this is so great. What a tease! What a tease! And I think you're right. This is this is the apex of 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 one last meaningless thing. I sure. think
1: it's like it's. In its current form, it's like top three One last Meaningless thing right. Look, that I've come I up think with. But it has a chance to be the greatest one of all time.
0: It has a chance to be the greatest one of all time. Because I believe up to now, the greatest one of all time was me at the World Series stepping on a rake and having it hit me in the face. <laughs> that was pretty like, good. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, that was as meaningless as it gets and yet as important as it gets. Um, all right. Well, we will find out next week. Mike, as always thank you
1: thanks for having me thank you for having